This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Happy Friday. How are you doing today? Uh, it's it's so nice that LA is doing so much better. Uh, I'm happy. How are you? I'm good. I cut off all my hair, shorter Woo! than I've ever really. No, I've cut it shorter than this before, but shorter than recent history, and it looks so great the way she styled it. And I'm just gonna look like a little mushroom head <laughs> when I do it myself. Are you? Is have you taken a shower where you've washed it yet? No. Oh, are you so all. excited? I feel like a. a Washing your hair after cutting it short for the first time is, like, so wonderful to me. It's so, like, easy and sensual. <laughs> yeah, I just feel, like, lighter and chicer. And I did a middle part, which I was, like, very scared of because for some reason in middle school someone made me feel like that would make your nose look even bigger. But what? you know what? Your nose is on your face all the time, Taylor, and nothing you do with your part is going to change that. No. (laughs) And middle parts are in, honey. They really are. And I I need you to rock them because I can't. I have like a – what are they called? It's like a crow's crow's foot? Crow's peak? What is it? Oh, I don't know. But there's like, like a right cowlick the- or something. Yeah, that's it. Cowlick. I- oh, okay. <laughs> All the nouns I said were wrong. <laughs> but then one of us has to rock like the cool Gen Z middle part. So I'm like very stoked for you. I also have said it many, many times that you have found the perfect haircut for your beautiful face. And oh, thank that's you. like such a powerful thing that you just like sometimes see people especially women and you're just like that's the best fucking haircut you can have you've nailed it I'm so happy for you so I love your haircut thank you so much I was also scared that it was going to highlight the weight that I've gained since we started but it's fine look I think what's happening is we've all gained weight and so we all look the same to each other I actually think that that there's a lot of truth to that I love that theory because I feel similar where I'm like oh my gosh like I've gained so much this year but then I feel like in when you really pull out and you look at everyone, it's like we all kind of look sort of the same, right? And then the thin <laughs> and fashion people... is changing, so that it's all like cute lounge sets and things yeah. that are a little bit more forgiving. And I am into that as well. Yeah, exactly. And the thin people were just going to have to throw off a cliff for the yeah. good of society. And that's then... the plan, you guys. Yeah. So. Have a cupcake and listen to the rest of the podcast if you guys haven't gained weight yet. <laughs> um, could we get into this summer house finale? Or I guess not finale. Uh, reunion. Part one. Um, what am I? New. It, <laughs> it was uh, – it was really – how did it make you feel? I want to. It was very complicated. This is one of the least yeah. straightforward uh, fights I've ever seen on a reunion because I was at certain points, you know, sort of empathizing with Hannah and not being as hard on her as the rest of her castmates were. But then also, it seems like she's done a lot of chatting off the show that yeah. has pissed some people off, which I have not kept track of, and I kind of wish that they had some audio clips for us. Um, yeah, I do too. I, you know, I, I also don't think Luke is uh, blameless, obviously, and people seem to be thinking that everything Hannah has done has negated any complaints we had about Luke, which I don't think is true, and I have some personal anecdotes to, like, share that might help us get inside of Hannah's head a little bit, but mainly mm. I was extremely disappointed in the fashions. I thought the yeah. fashions were no good. That is interesting you say that I had I was majorly disappointed with Paige. I yeah. think like that bow dress is just not it. I think the lip color was like dated and sort of frosted and did not love it. Um and and I don't really care for Hannah's romper either. The colors were all off to me. 
Um, and there's like a lot of shoulder pad moments. I don't no know. I, I also was disappointed. I also was a little thrown off by Carl being named the hottest male <laughs> Bravo celebrity by two judgy girls. I was like a little I just and don't get me wrong. He's cute. He's darling. Right. But him being Andy was like, congratulations, you're the hottest Bravo. And Carl being like, oh, stop. I was like, no, really stop. That's not <laughs> you should be like, that's crazy. But whatever. So are there guys on Bravo who come to mind that are hotter to you? Great question. And honestly, Luke, I do think Luke is hotter than Carl. And but I can I get why on principle he should be out of the running. But I don't know. It feels like there's a lot of shows. Honestly, so many hot random guys on every kind of below deck. I'll tell you that right now. Uh Uh, But I wouldn't I guess maybe they don't qualify as like Bravo Liberty. I think a lot of people might even think that Kyle is hotter than Carl. Mm. It just seemed like he ran away with it. And I don't think that that's fair. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he didn't. I don't know a lot about the contest, but I thought that that was too much for me because I, I just don't think he's that hot. Uh, but I agree with you that the fashion was a little disappointing. And I also wanted there was seemed to be a lot of outside factors, a lot of like you said this on a podcast or you said this before going into the house and there was another guy in the picture. There was all of this information that was being debated and everybody was getting really, you know, mad about that seemed very vague to me. And I'm very curious if in the preview for the next, you know, part two of the reunion, Luke says something about breaking the fourth wall, and then he says something that really upsets Hannah. And right. I'm curious if there's going to be a discussion about Hannah maybe trying to produce this summer, like trying, not, li- not literally, but like trying to create storylines. Because looking back, like the Hannah and Luke fight and the whole Hannah and Luke plot line was sort of like the biggest thing next to maybe Lindsay and Stravi. And if that was in any way sort of planned by her or if if he's going to suggest that it was, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. What do you think? I think Hannah is trying to be a stand-up comedian. I know she does stand-up comedy. And I think that she is learning that you can't just go on podcasts and say nasty shit and then say it's a joke. And that is something that I think everybody in comedy has to learn at a certain point. Like how I personally respect people more who can make jokes without just going for the lowest blow you can think of. And look, I have said a lot of fucked up shit on this podcast, but I really try not to, you know, uh, ruin people's lives with what we say. And that being said, it's a little weird for her because they are her personal friends. But I think that is a lesson that people have to learn as they, like, grow in comedy. Um, So that's kind of what I see happening here. But also, it's like none of these people are innocent. Uh, Kyle has certainly done some really fucked up shit on this show. Mm -hmm. Um, So has Carl. And as far as this whole, like, you were having sex with another guy when you were lying to us about, you know, the way Luke was treating you, I've personally been in a situation where you are really into someone who does not want to commit to you, and so you try to move on by hooking up with other people, and it just makes you feel worse. Yep. So I don't really understand why they don't get that. He would not have sex with her. He would not be her boyfriend. So she can go fuck whoever she wants. It doesn't negate what she wants from Luke, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how and I, I think feel. That she, I think that's a really good point. And I also think she articulated that after she had hooked up with this other guy, Andy was like, what did that feel like? What was going on? And she was like, I don't know, Andy. I was quarantined and I hadn't like touched anybody in a long time. And I remember thinking it's nice to have sex. <laughs> like, to, And it's very fair for her as a person and as a woman to say that and to go, I was in a position where I was uh, really pining after this guy who I wasn't having a physical relationship with. And it's I'm allowed to try and get over it or just try to go get my own because I'm not getting it right now. Like it's and it you're right. It doesn't take away from everything that was happening between Luke and Hannah at the time or may or imply that therefore she cares about him less. I think that's a very immature way to look at it. It's also just weird because it's like 
he's playing this game where he, you know, they straight up asked him, did you have feelings for her? And she, it's on camera. Like, we can mm. review the seasons. He, she, when they met, she was, like, kind of talking to this other guy who wasn't in the house, and he was pursuing her. Like, he yeah. wanted to, you know, hook up with her. And so, I mean, him saying, like, my actions could have made her feel like, you know, I had feelings for her or what, however he vaguely put that. To me, it's like, okay, well, if you're going to talk that way about it, then of course she's going to try to save face and say like, oh yeah, I never was really that into him. I don't know what was wrong with me. You know, like it's Mm -hmm. just, I just don't feel like we're getting a full picture of what's happening here. We're like nitpicking every single thing that she's done in this instance and not holding Luke accountable for anything. But Mm -hmm. it also just seems like they're so mad at her for a bunch of other stuff. That's exactly it. I think it's really hard. Have you been in a position where, (laughs) listen, we all love all of our friends, but sometimes a friend can be annoying or maybe is always annoying. (laughs) And I think it's, I've been in a position where it's, harder for me to come to the defense of somebody who's just like on my nerves even when I know that they're in the right and that they need help and then it's like you just have to push through that and be like listen I know she's being kind of annoying but she has a point and we really and it is very valid and just because you don't want to be dealing with her right now doesn't mean that she's wrong right and that's what I'm sensing is how and I sense that that happened at the beginning of the summer too that people were just over her in general and that could have been for so many other reasons or other things she's saying on podcasts or whatever and that it made people not see the issue very clearly and I think that Luke by being this sort of like disengaging like distant and like trying to play it cool it was easier to defend him because he wasn't annoying them and that's shitty they're being shitty friends Uh, Because then you're just letting that sort of blind you to the actual issue. But I think you're right. There's just so, so many reasons that they are upset with her. Then it just is going to color everything pretty black and white. And I think it's like I I appreciated when Paige was like, listen, you guys, I talk to her every day. And Luke was calling her every night at midnight. And that's fucked up. That's wrong. And I can tell you that that happened. So this is not a one-sided thing, nor is it something that she's making up, yada, yada. But it does seem like there's just so much else going on. And friendships that are changing. Like, yeah. Uh, I thought Paige, no bueno. Paige saying, I'm not her mom. It's not my job to tell her to stop doing that. I'm her friend. It's my job to listen to her. And I thought that was like mm-hmm. a really succinct, you know, summary of this phase of what's happening in their friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also really enjoyed Lindsay blaming her first breakup on Carl's brother dying. Like, I'm just like, Yeah. I was feeling all the Not same things cool. Carl was feeling. And I was like, are you Not a psycho? Cool. Like, what world is Very it okay to say that? Sheena. Very Sheena, too, to be like, my best friend, it, my best friend's brother died. And I was like, oh, my God, every part of the sentence is awful, Lindsay. Like, you're not allowed to do any of the things that you're doing. And she, and not only that, not only blamed Carl's brother's, like, horrible death, but then also changed sort of her take on the argument. Because when the fight actually happened, she said the surprise wasn't big enough. Yeah. Like, there, there wasn't enough effort put into the surprise. But then last night in the reunion, she was like, and then he surprised me, which is totally, like, about him, you know? Like, him him surprising me wasn't even for me. It was for him. And I was like, well, that's a different, that's a completely different stance, Lindsay. What are you talking about? Ugh. Yeah, Yellow she is jumpsuit. Oh a my mess. god, very bad. No good. Yeah, no good. No good. No good. But I'm excited to see where this all progresses. It seems like they have some reveals coming up. Um, it was definitely, in, you know, I was engaged. There's quite a bit of qu- conflict. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and it, it, yeah, people were really came out guns a blazing. So. Yeah. But I'm excited for part two because I do want to. I love a fourth wall break. So yes. I hope it's good. Uh, shall we get into? Atlanta. Yes. Um, on the flip side, I thought the vibe and the aesthetic of this reunion, very sexy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we talked about before how, like, Potomac was very poorly lit. I thought this was, like, very cinematic. There was a point where, like, Kenya and Portia, they did, like, a split-screen view of them. And I was like, this is a movie. Like, look at these women. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they stepped up their game, for yeah. sure. 
I think that they all looked really, really amazing. I think that my only complaint about this sort of making everybody making everybody go along with the theme is that it does make it seem a little bit more just homogenous. And I, I do miss like the extremes of people making their own looks and all the bright colors. And it would make me love some and hate others. And by giving them this smaller framework, it did make them literally all, I think all of their outfits were really, really cool and impressive, but I, but I kind of missed being like, Oh, so-and-so missed the mark in this orange fucking jumpsuit. I think we have that coming because you know, I mean, we got a little bit with, Latoya and then I don't know about what Marlo's wearing <laughs> we can talk about that next week but it does seem like there might be some missteps afoot okay fair that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> and we also really enjoyed as you could tell from the beginning of this podcast that the whole reunion was kicked off by everybody talking about how much weight they gained in oh quarantine which I did love it's so fun to see them all just like really they're all, all such funny women to me they have like such wonderful senses of humor and it's just I think so healthy and lovely to see them talk about their fluctuating and weight and I enjoyed it a lot yeah absolutely um do you believe that Drew's husband didn't go to a strip club in Tampa I was curious why uh and not to be like a little Julia from 90 day but like if the fear is that he cheated on her, like, why are we saying strip club? I, 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 yeah, that I, makes like, sense. I, it seemed weird. Like, oh, you're worried. You're if like if Tony left and was dis- had disappeared from my life for three days, my first question would be like, did you go to a strip club? I would just be like, who the fuck lives in Tampa? Who would you? Who were you cheating on me with? Or who? Like, I just thought it was strange that it, it felt like another yet another moment of sort of like vilifying strippers. Like that would be the worst thing in the world that he could have done was like go to Tampa to go to a strip club. Am I missing something? Is there maybe a famous strip club that he frequents? I think Andy was just, like, giving him okay. shit because he was like, I didn't do anything. I went to the hotel room and I walked on the beach and then I drove home. And Andy was like, okay. Like, yeah. specifically Tampa, though? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so. yeah, No, I don't think it was a completely peaceful, uh, innocent trip, I'll tell you that. Whether it was a strip club or something else. Like, you don't, you just don't, like, disappear. There's just no way. Like, why? what is the purpose of not sharing that with your wife? Exactly. And if, and if you want to punish her, if you're the kind of man that wants to just, like, mentally punish your partner that way, then you're not going to go to Tampa and just walk on the beach and meditate. You are going to go to Tampa and fuck around because that's – you want to be punishing her. It's the same thing. You're not like, <laughs> look at me. I'm, I'm really just over here doing peaceful, cute little activities on the beach. No, you're going to go be a dick. So – yeah, it's very strange. I don't think I could ever get through that in a relationship. No. I would be like, okay, well, what the fuck? Like, I'm out of here. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-uh, no freaking way. Um, I've been very excited to ask you about Real Housewives of New Jersey. And the there's this big debate when David gives Dolores a Porsche for her birthday instead of a ring because it's supposed to be one or the other. And I will say, before I even give an opinion on that topic, I hate Teresa's realtor and her slimy-ass husband (laughs) so much that anytime the camera was on them, I feel like my skin get hot. I hate, 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 hate it so much. This, like, real estate agent pops her head into the conversation and she's like, oh, a Porsche instead of a ring. I think that's, you know what? I'm going to ask my husband to come over here. Why don't a husband, why don't you come over here? And he like saddles up to the camera and is like, yeah, I think that we're postponing an engagement. It's like both of you shut the fuck up. You're both gross. You both shouldn't be on TV. Your opinions are stupid. I hate them. I hate them. Aren't they the worst? Am I crazy? Yeah, I just think they're lame. Like, I don't respect them at all. <laughs> and I feel like we're giving them too much camera time. And somebody was trying something out and they just, like, didn't deliver. No, no. So let's, so you know, just cut around cut them. Cut around them. Let's can. drop it. I hate it. But I, I felt so bad for Dolores, my queen, that it became a a chance to shit on David. Because, look, I feel like it's – I'm envious of the idea of my friend being in a relationship and the problem is that their boyfriend bought them a car. Like, isn't that, I feel like there's, I've got plenty of friends right now who have relationship problems and they're real fucking problems. And they they are like, we've got to get in there. She deserves more. She deserves more respect. 
if someone bought my friend a car, I would not be like, she's not doing well. Like, she's not okay. And it's uh, it's frustrating to me, especially when Dolores is like, what? I feel like these are two separate yeah. issues. I got a car for my birthday and you guys are mad that I'm not engaged yet. I kind of don't want to be proposed to on my birthday. I would want a birthday gift and then I would want a different proposal also, day. If I'm Dolores, like, I might even not want to ever be married again. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Like, why are we so obsessed with her getting married? She has grown kids. She has a perfectly fine relationship with her ex-husband. She doesn't need another potential ex-husband. Like, it's fine. Like, why is everyone so threatened by the fact that she's not engaged? It's so fucking weird to it me. Is, it is a very, I mean, it's from Melissa and Joe, I think, of that, like, don't you want this? Don't you want the perfect marriage and the perfect husband and the perfect wife? And, and it's like, I'm perfectly content. That's what I am. And I, it's, I could see her getting uh, so annoyed at the, listen, how many times do I have to tell you that I'm fine? And then for Joe Gorga to be like, no, you're not fine. You're a broken woman. It's like, ugh, you Neanderthal. I, ugh, I felt so bad for her. And then she went on Watch What Happens Wait. Live afterwards and was so hot. Did you just say Neander? Neanderthal? Neander. Ne- Neanderthal? It's Neanderthal? Neanderthal. It's not Neanderthal. <laughs> this is Stanchion, take two. <laughs> Neanderthal. You bitch! How dare you remember that <laughs> off the top of your? Okay, so it's Neanderthal. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, she's so <laughs> smart. <laughs> Neandra, you know. <laughs> that was pretty good. I like that as like you know the Neanderthal's girlfriend, Neanderthal. <laughs> like that's pretty cute. That's the female version. <laughs> I'm shocked this is uh I was about to say I'm shocked this doesn't happen more but I'm sure I say so many things wrong and listeners are like oh my god Alyssa you have to correct her so that seems like Neanderthal he's such a Neanderthal yeah (laughs) but faster Neanderthal you can hear how it sounds like Neanderthal if you (laughs) yeah Uh uh-huh yes I hear it yeah shut up you and your hot haircut and your big brains. I don't need to hear it. <laughs> That's pretty good. I really like that. Um, I also had this theory that <laughs> Joe Gorga is, like, causing all these problems constantly because he's short. He's the shortest husband, maybe except for Marge's husband, on the show. And, like, I think he just has to, like, boss his wife around because he's not tall enough. Yeah. And if he was just maybe, like, six inches taller, he'd be fine with her, like, walking to the ballet <laughs> stand in front of him. Yeah, I do. I really like this theory. It's It holds a lot of water for me. He's just uh, full of steam. He's a tiny, full of hot steam kind of guy. And he also <laughs> feels like he's trying to produce a little bit. Like, he's just always trying to get his hands in the mix and, like, fucking make make up some stuff. So I thought I think that that was very much a, like, let's have a fight at this party. I'm going to call Dolores a broken woman. It was like, Jesus Christ. Um, ugh. Should we get into this week's interview? Yes. We have uh, a really fun interview. We get off topic in all of the best ways with comedian and actor and podcast host Lily Marotta. And we are discussing not the L word, but the real L word. Enjoy. It was just the other night. Hey, you guys. Today, I am super, super excited to sink our teeth into this show, and we have a really, really special guest. We have comedian, actor, and co-host of the hilarious podcast Celebrity Book Club with Stephen and Lily, the wonderful Lily Marota. Hi, Lily. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for joining us and for bringing this show into my life, onto my radar. Uh, when we reached out to you to join to to come guest on the pod, you like suggested a few things, and among them was the real L word. And I was like, "That's not that's not a sh- that's not a show." <laughs> the like, L word. 
She must have gone mad. <laughs> She's simply gone mad. That can't be it. But the other shows were real reality shows, so I was like, okay, I'll give it a Google. And man, it is, it's so great. Um, can you tell us, before we get into this specific reality show, like, what is your relationship with reality TV? Do you watch a lot of it? Do you watch none of it? What's the deal? No, let's let's get in. I mean, we're gonna have we're gonna have to go back to college. I mean, early childhood. <laughs> not to age myself, but I would say, you know, the way I got into it was old school, real world. Like when my parents finally got MTV. Just, Hell yeah! Yeah, that's what that's what just drew. I mean, which is I would say real real world is really you know the OG. And then I would say, like, classic, classic reality show, what, like, truly drew me in and make me, like, became obsessed with that TV was first season of America's Next Top Model. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. When yeah. that came on, yeah, I was, I remember it was, like, you know, came on in the summer because they're like, let's start out these shows in the summer, you know, before they, like, took over all of TV. And it was, like, jaw- and I think it was Steven, my co-host, Celebrity Book Club, was like, you need to see the show. And I was like, jaw on the floor. I was like, this is. <laughs> and it's so really so bananas. That show is so crazy. From that, I was like, oh, I'm so obsessed. I want to like work in reality TV, um, which then led me to in college interning for the Jerry Springer show. No. Which, yeah. Oh my god. That is so exciting to me. <laughs> Which I guess is actually the true I mean reality. I mean talk about right I feel like that defines that, you the reality. Yeah. D- is it real, you know? The yeah. talk show and that was a wild a wild ride. Can you tell us just like two of the craziest things that happened when you were interning there? Yeah, I'll do two just off top of my head, craziest thing. It was like, this was, so I would say half the stuff is real, but the, all the relationships have to be real, but, you know, stuff is exaggerated. Right. And this one was like a big production, Jerry Springer, where the storyline was woman leaves farmer husband for one of his sheep. And <laughs> I love it. And she had to, I think it was like, he had to, the husband had to like shave her head Maybe it was the opposite. No. Like, he was in love with the sheep. Anyway, basically, he ended up shaving his wife's head a la shit, like, shearing a sheep. So they brought in all these farm animals, but, like, some of the farm animals didn't make it into the show. So it was, like, shot in downtown Chicago, and it was, like, we would take the guests to smoke in this, like, under kind of parking garage way, which is what you did. Like, you know, they were waiting for hours to be on the show, and you just it would just be cycles of taking guests out to smoke. And my oh job my at that point, instead of taking guests out to smoke, was to go and watch some of the goats and take it for a little bit oh of a walk. Oh, my God. In this parking lot. <laughs> Talk was about that... jaw on the floor. <laughs> I am shook. I, I'm just now realizing as you're telling me this, like, Jerry Springer was a show that was, like, on TV when you were home, like, sick for the day. Yeah. And, like, your mom had to work, and so she wasn't really monitoring, like, what was going on. <laughs> and I am realizing, like, that show really distills everything that I love about, like, the Housewives series. It's just, <laughs> it's pure, like, people being their most ridiculous selves and screaming at each other and behaving in ways you would never see anyone behave in real life. Like, it's awesome. Right, and in that same Housewives way, that's when I was like, you know, you really saw, I was like, oh, this is how it works, where I would just be seeing these, like, all the producers, like, the production people was mostly, like, all female, and they all, like, were pretty young, like, all in their 20s. Right. And I would just, like, see them coaching, you know, just, like, these random people. They're like, what is going on? We have this, like, you know, random producer girl just being like, no, and then you say, like, fuck you, <laughs> like, blah, blah, blah. And they're kind of, like, kind of getting it, but being like, wait a second. Like, I'm trying to follow you, like, with the drama I need to – you know, get angry That's amazing. about. And they're probably like paid so little and they probably get replaced like every 10 months. So they never get a raise. And the staff is just like so cheap. And all you have is like these bitches just like making the show amazing. And I love that. That's no, so cool. Truly. Because then I was like, when I got out of college, I was like, I went to interview too, because they had moved to Connecticut. And I was like, well, I guess maybe I'll, maybe I'll get a job at Springer since I like interned there. And they were like, so the starting pay is $11 an hour. Oh, and I yeah. was like, 
okay, so I would get paid more like at Trader Joe's than working for <laughs> Jerry Springer. I love that. Wow. I also love that you were like, oh, I love ANTM so much. I want to go work in reality <laughs> TV. Like I never, I was like, I could never be a model. So like, I don't know. That's it. Yeah, That's like, all I see. Yeah. Only two options. I'm like, well, if I can't, you know, be a contestant on ANTM, then guess I'll just kind of go work for Springer. And then, okay, I would say in the way, second thing, the way it blends especially the people who work there blend into the show. One of, I remember one of the producers I later found out was a former call girl for the executive producer. Wow. That's, yeah. And oh. I remember Is I was she so an EP? No, she, he was, she was like an AP. Okay, good. Well, and, wait, you said AP or EP? No, he, she was an AP and the, she was a call girl for the executive producer. Okay, she should have been an EP. Because no, exactly. <laughs> every circumstance I've heard of someone fucking an executive producer, they get to be an executive producer too. Like, those are the rules, right. and I don't make them, but they should be following that at Jerry Springer. Not like, at only Jerry associate. Springer. And I remember being obsessed with her because we were like, walked, we were like walking across from the studio or something, and I remember her like waving and hollering at a full like fire truck of firemen wow and i was like damn powerful yeah good for her good for her <laughs> yeah <laughs> but under i feel like on the underside i was like also seeing the gas be like so poorly treated and i was like this is depressing mm, yeah true so wow this feels like a book's worth of stories to honestly, me honestly yeah Right, Springer could be a whole nother pod, but we... Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the best answer to, like, what's your relationship to reality <laughs> TV? That's for sure our best one yet. Um, that's amazing. I, uh, I'm i still really not over somebody ma- leaving their farmer husband for a sheep. Um, yeah. But we can circle back to that if we want. Um, can you tell us when... Okay, you pitched us the real L word. When did you start watching this show and how would you just briefly, you know, pitch what's the what's the logline for you of this show? Real L word. Oh, God. I mean, it's almost like so much to say. How do I boil it down? I started watching the real (laughs) L word, you know, the moment it came out, which I believe was like mid to mid to early 2000s it was like whenever you know because i was obsessed with the l word and like you know being a gay teen it was like oh my god finally you know there's like this like gay show and would you know watch it and be at my friend's house who had show again it was another time of like <laughs> well who has show time, who has show time. Uh, time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah Showtime in what, like the early 2000s? Like, that's hard to Yeah, no, you know what? In, uh, 2010. I actually, I contradict myself because I watched a fuckload of Showtime in the early 2000s because I was watching Californication and mm. The Big C and, you know, uh, mm. United States of Terra. It might have been my favorite channel, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were, that's what I'm saying. They, they were rocking and rolling in that era. And I feel like Showtime <laughs> yeah. has... I mean, they need no, no showtime. They need help. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we will pitch you shows to help you if you're a Showtime exec and you're listening. And so it's like the executive producers who made, you know, L Word, they were like, you know, let's do no one has ever done. Like, let's be a reality show. And, but it's like, what I love about it is it's like just as like sloppy boots as, and like every other reality, you know, show whatever like the hills or like but it's you're getting to see characters that you you're getting to see like the joke characters of like lesbians that you just like we're not you're you know like let's say like you know you're not seeing in or like the lesbian equivalents of maybe like some of the ridiculous prototypes in other like Mm -hmm. early 20s dating reality type shows um and not just like oh that's the gay character so you're getting to see the full dynamic so it's like you know you have the pimp or you know the player of the real l word we were talking about which is the the character whitney um who's like the one who's you know just she can't you know all the girls want her and she's, she's has white such a player and what is she she everybody says she has the power of the clam ah! <laughs> <laughs> i love it 
and also this is very dating the show she has white dreads which oh mm-hmm. no yeah well, I, you take what you can get you know it's <laughs> and i feel like of that time like people probably thought that was so cool yeah there's a and there's a lot of real good sort of like yeah 2010 just like makeup and fashion trends but it's 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 also so Whitney's sex appeal is so fucking undeniable though. It's like true, she right. has like, like roast, she's so but... hot. Yeah. And it's but it was so it's so fascinating from the very first episode that they're like all reality shows, exactly like you were saying, there's the stereotypical characters and even the like negative stereotypes about different types of people. But then at the same time, there's other members of the cast who are breaking all of those stereotypes. It's all like existing in the same sort of universe. But Whitney is so fascinating because she is like such a player and we would like we should hold her feet to the fire the same way that we do a lot of these like fuckboy guys that we do see in like in the hills or the real world world or like Alyssa and I talk a lot about the fuckboys on Summer House like Whitney literally which I've always meant off. to watch oh that's also very fun I've just recently joined it's a good one but Whitney like does the most insane things like she drops off in the very first episode ends with her driving one girlfriend to LAX and dropping her off at the departure section and then pulling her car like 100 <laughs> yes. yards ahead to arrival and picking up another girlfriend. No. Picking up another girlfriend. And everybody's like, Whitney's so crazy. She has so many girlfriends. And I'm like, oh, my God. We, this is insane. Rude. It's such good TV. And you never get to see a girl do that. You never see a woman do that. So even though it's, like, so evil, it's so wonderful to watch. I loved it. It was it's it's phenomenal what an epic and to add to that also it's like it adds the like you know then they cut to the confessional where she's describing what happened and like the added lesbian element is like of course when she describes it it's not just like yeah picking up this hot chick like everything is super intense and she's like sudden i like have like something like a really crazy on and off thing and like everything is super intense and like everything is so on and off and it's high drama and it's like you know, each relationship is like so much more like up the ante. So the person right that she picks up in the after the drop off, if I am remembering correct, is the character Sada, who she ends up marrying and divorcing. She ends up marrying her. Oh, sorry. I mean, no, it's okay. I no, I was I wanted you to sort of ruin it. I I watched as like a bunch of season one, and then I was skimming season two, and I was like about to start watching three, but then I read that three was sort of in New York, so I didn't know if Whitney and Sarah would be on it. Um, but they are Alyssa such a crazy toxic relationship. And what's fascinating to me in season two, because this doesn't happen a lot on reality shows anymore, I think too, is friends of Whitney were trying to protect her and say that Sarah was uh, trying to just get more camera time on the show, and that that was like yeah. good for her career. So them talking about the show, I found out, was, I found was really interesting. Right, mm. it breaks that fourth wall, and they're also in all in L.A. And I, like, what's okay? I feel like a, like they're all um, a lot of them are makeup artists. I feel like on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, makeup artists and or like special uh, effects, photographers, special effects. Yeah, very like cool, creative jobs. So is that how they like? I was going to ask what the connectivity between all of them is outside of dating. You know couples and all of that kind of stuff i think there's a few people so there's like whitney who's like the player and then we have like sada who one is also just so fun to keep on like to say her name always yeah um (laughs) and she i guess is like also a makeup artist and then there's this other girl that like whitney is really fucking with named romy who's also like you know, on and off people are like Romy's actually the toxic one. And, mm-hmm. um, and she has like, she, I feel like is super that 2010 style, like yeah. kind of an asymmetrical yeah. haircut. There's like motors, those motorcycle kind of type hats. Yes. Lots of hats and lots of like, the, like kind of vests. Yes. Like almost oh. like chic magician looking vests. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's a that vest was heavy in, show. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, that was like you could go to Hot Topic and get like quite a few cute vests in 2010. I'm You're not like, gonna knock it. <laughs> bitches were going vest shopping. Like, yeah. It's... <laughs> also, it like it's very important to note that there is full, full nudity. Oh yeah, constantly. Which, 
what? That's show- like- right. It's Showtime. You're like, oh, shit. Like, Showtime is really doing its Showtime thing. Like, they're showing, like, showing much more, I would say, than, like, the L word did. Like, they're showing, like, full strap-on sex, yeah. like, in a shower. Yep. Nothing. Hardly, any- like, maybe a nipple is blurred, but. What? Yeah, I had nothing blurred. With, I had like, nothing insertion? blurred. When I tell you I was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have them. They have them, Alyssa. Like they'll like one person will be eating another person out, and the camera will be like zooming up and down from their feet of the person eating out up to the head of the girl being eaten. Okay, out. hold Alyssa, on. I have to go subscribe full. to Showtime right now. Yes, it's worth the six ninety nine, honey. Do it. You gotta I take back everything I ever said to that Showtime exec. I don't have a show to pitch that's better than this. No, it's so good. And like when I tell you that I was like making a lunch and literally dropped a bowl of food, <laughs> like <laughs> I was like holy shit that's just so and crazy. then it continues like they end up like I uh, there was a scene where there was one couple I think it was Romy and uh the girlfriend she's with in season two. Oh, Kelsey like, the, like Kelsey. tall thin yes, yes. like well-meaning but just like clearly so dumb yeah yes exactly the one and they're getting ready to go meet like Romy's parents or something and Romy just goes to take a shower and the camera does like a full up and down of her naked body before she gets in the shower like not even a sexual scene they're like talking about like logistics <laughs> and it's and you just like see her vagina as she's getting in the shower and I was like this is bananas I've mostly, never seen a show shot ask, like this are we mostly waxed waxed or unwaxed in this time period. I feel like Romy, if my memory is correct, <laughs> is very like, I feel like everyone is kind of landing strip on the show. Yeah, 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 yes. <laughs> In I such an L.A. way. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm just like so, I've never thought about this before, but I've, you know, I've never seen a reality show where people are really having sex. And in my mind, I'm like that, you know, you see Showtime and shows are fake. And so, you know, they're not actually having sex. And that's sort of the distinction between pornography and, and, you know, narrative. And so in my mind, I'm like, this edges a little bit into the into porn category if they're if you're really being filmed having sex it's so my brain is like short-circuiting like trying to unpack it <laughs> um, right it almost feels like in 90s in this hbo real sex way and i feel right, like right. i bet the people who went on um it i mean i wonder what their like thoughts are looking back but if yeah. they were like but i wonder if they were kind of seeing it in a activist kind of way or just being right. like let's show like how lesbians really have sex you know kind mm. of like you know you have your porn and you have like movies but let's like really show it and i i mean i bet whitney that's how i bet she was like yeah dude i want to fucking like show how we actually fuck like i, I just imagine that. her saying that I'm um, totally on board with that. I think that's fucking awesome. Like, good for them. Like, I love this show. This is <laughs> like it. truly. But I bet some of them are like, okay, I actually didn't. I'm sure like Romy, I bet is like, mm, I don't know if I was totally prepared to be like filmed constantly nude. <laughs> right. And it's a fine line between, it's like a totally personal decision to how you are going to view and wh- how, how you want to represent your sex life. If you do want to use it as a, as a tool to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like be, be more open. Or if you think that Showtime is just using you to be like, look at this, it has sex in it. Right. Yeah. Um, I wonder what was like the perception at the time and who, what do you think the audience for this was? But I feel like the audience was just like lesbians, like mm-hmm. queer people in their like twenties. Mm-hmm. But then I think twenties, thirties, like, you know, younger. I mean, I was, and I mean, I'm sure also, like, people in high school watched it. I'm just thinking I was, like, I was in my 20s, uh, probably, like, very early 20s mm-hmm. when it came out. And But I'm sure they were also, like, and we want just the regular Showtime viewer to right. see it and, like, expose them to be, like, this is, you know, because there was obviously, su- there was, like, such a criticism. There was obviously more and more criticism to, like, the um, show, the L word of it being just, like, pretty femme and like pretty white and pretty of like a certain class and like Mm -hmm. this i mean was like also pretty white but you're i guess it was like a little bit of a i mean it was a little more of just like younger people that were like coming up rather and it wasn't just like you were seeing a range of more like gender representations a little bit um Mm -hmm. not so much but probably a little bit more than the real world i mean than the actual l word yeah for Mm -hmm. sure 
Was there because we we hear this a lot with other reality shows when you're when it's sort of a first like uh, Real Housewives of, of Atlanta, people felt like black women were being represented poorly. Was there like a backlash at the time um, in that sense? You know, probably less of a backlash than there would be like now, where like mm-hmm. everything is much more on the internet. I think like at that time, especially there was such a like not so much media that everyone was just like it was more of a show i think of like my friends that you get excited to watch it and to like make fun of all the characters but it wasn't like oh my god like how could they represent us like this it right, was more right. of a just like mm-hmm. this is fun now we finally have a show to like yeah. Which is the way you should watch it. Right, exactly. If you're watching The Real Housewives of anything and you're like, this is not a good representation of the highest brow of me, it's like, what are you doing? This is, like, goofy, you know? So, um, interesting. I think it was cool, too, that there was a lot of, uh, while there, every, like I said, it felt like every time that there was a stereotype that felt like it was pretty leaned into, like, if one couple was like, you know, we're just doing the classic lesbian thing where we just met yesterday and now we're moving in together, then there would be, like, two minutes later, another couple that was like, I never, I never want to be paired up with anybody. I don't want to be getting married. And there was couples that wanted to have kids and couples that didn't want to have kids. There was, like, all sorts of, like, all of these different ranges of emotions and the ways that people were living their life so it seemed to like i think that anybody who would have a real argument against it you could you could sort of debate them a little bit but i don't i don't know i felt like watching in the very first episode i like had digested an entire season of reality tv because these women go so hard no they like, go they so are, hard oh my god they're like fighting and like in a way that's very fucking mean to each other that's very like housewives mental warfare screaming at each other and then immediately making out and then suddenly having like shower sex and then the next day they're like with other people and then the next day like it's just back to back to back and it's so (laughs) extreme i was like this is this is the most i don't know why we don't have more reality shows like this no truly you're like imagine Luann was fucking Bethany like after they (laughs) caught you know what I mean like it's they go like rather than just like we're screaming and screaming I also think just as a general reality show like rule like the first season is always gonna be of a show is always gonna be like fucking bonkers because people don't Mm -hmm. really know what's up yeah Mm -hmm. but in New York it's uh, it's just also I found it so funny how they're like and now like in the second season when they're like and now we're doing New York and LA and it was yeah. just so like train stations graffiti like dive <laughs> bars yes and there's one woman who comes from New York to LA and like her first night she goes to a bar and like everybody's doing their typical like arguing or making out like roller coaster and she's like this I'm like not here for the drama and I'm like yes you are right yes you it. are I mean I that's that's yes, also the classic reality show thing to say to be like, yeah, I'm actually not fucking here for drama. And it's like, you actually certainly are. You really are, though. And that that couple was really interesting. Forgive me. I don't remember their names because I like just got into that season like 40 minutes ago. But that one one woman left her girlfriend in New York to come to L.A. to like see if there was still something with her ex-girlfriend and simultaneously dated both of them, which, again, is like if we saw fucking like Brody Jenner doing that, I would feed him to the wolves. (laughs) (laughs) No, and you're like, of course, you should explore. And then, of course, with this, it's like that added level of they're like, I'm staying with my friend um, while I see what's going on with my ex. And then, like, she'll be like, well, the thing about the friend I'm staying with, we actually also dated. Like, everyone, every roommate has dated each other, which, like, is a true lesbian stereotype and it's like well that's just is accurate um (laughs) and that they're just like yeah no like we've had an on and off things for years it's like super crazy and it's super toxic like nothing is never not like to the highest drama and then of course you have the couple who is like the most like real but also sad just like the couple is trying to have a baby and has like a ton of cats Yes, yes. And they their journey is interesting because they like were originally going to have their friend donate his sperm and then he backed out via text message, which no one talked about enough, fr- frankly. Right. Like, it's like, let's get into that. He backed out via text and they were like that and they were so heartbroken. They were like going to have a baby and he was like, sorry, guys, too much for me. 
and a text, which drove me nuts. Then they had an interesting conversation asking a uh, another couple friend of theirs that was two men, and they were like, well, one of you give us your sperm. And they were like, we love you too much. We're too close to you, so no. And they were like, that's flattering, but which upsetting I do- to us. Yeah, I mean, what do you – like, that does make sense to me. Like, I feel oh, – yes. Like, for those gay guys, you're like, well, I still want to, like, hang out with you, like, every week and not just to be like, oh, randomly, that's my baby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I feel like uh, there was another couple that mentioned that of, like, I do, where they wanted whoever they got the sperm from to be a more of a distant friend. Because they were like, listen, we want them to be uncle, blah, 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 not, like, papa, blah, blah, blah. Like, we want want them to only be sort of on the periphery. But that was so – interesting to see this couple just like trying to get their hands on some sperm and eventually they're at like a dinner and they're talking about it and one of them is like we need to take a break i gotta stop talking about sperm for a second (laughs) yeah i hear you i totally hear you this reminds me of have you guys seen that movie with jason bateman and jennifer aniston called the switch yes (laughs) and doesn't she have like isn't the premise of that movie that she throws herself a party because she did get she was going to do artificial insemination with sperm um, and like she was going to have her own baby and got this like amazing sperm donor. And then Jason Bateman gets drunk and swaps out his cum for the donor's cum. And it's right. like in oh. something that's just sitting in her bathroom as though she's going to do it at the end of the party. <laughs> and that seems like. Wait, that's you- insane. I've seen that movie and I fully forgot the plot. It, that's the plot. And isn't that so he's just like in her bathroom looking at it on like the sink and it's the, I think it's supposed to suggest that Jennifer Aniston throws herself a I'm getting pregnant party as though everybody's gonna leave and she's just gonna like stick a little like plastic turkey thing baster syringe thing, thing up her of her cum up her up vagina her cum. and <laughs> <laughs> and now that we're talking about this I'm realizing that's like kind of an insane plot we should write a letter to whoever wrote that movie yeah I mean I feel like there there's just we're coming to maybe a little bit of the end of like insane pregnancy or baby hijink rom-coms mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like there was that Catherine Heigl not knocked up, but there was, she like did another one mm-hmm. with Josh. Oh, no. Was it Josh Hart? Josh Dumel, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Where I'm it's looking. like she, somehow he has to, she gets pregnant for some reason. He has to like <laughs> move in with her and raise the baby with her. Like, <laughs> and of course, he's a total mess. Um, what? what would possess you? There's got to be somebody around Catherine Heigl has to be like, listen, you <laughs> yeah. can't do another movie like this. You got oh. you did knocked up and it was great. Like life someone- as we know it. Is that what it is? Yes. Yes. OK. OK. Yeah. No, keep going on this Catherine Heigl track because I think it's I have a lot to say. Keep Wait, going. speaking of, did you, did you guys watch? I know cause you haven't watched. Did you guys watch? Um, This was a big pandemic kind of binge for me. Firefly Lane. Oh no, I haven't. I've been told that I should. Should I? Do you agree? If you're just like a fan of like bad kind of rom-coms, like I wouldn't say it's a good show. All this being said, I'm probably going to load up Firefly Lane after this because you've <laughs> yeah, also earned like, yeah. so much of my trust, Lily, after this journey. Anything you tell me to watch, I'm going to be like, all right, let's this do is, it. Let's this is a trust. Up. This is your version of like trust falls. You're like, yes. okay. <laughs> I want a setting like on my TV where it's like recommended for you, but it's just like what Lily recommended for you. <laughs> I mean, warning each apps if you're dead, they are like. And I would, you know, they're an hour long. You're like, why are we already going back to the 70s? But yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's definitely a show that I feel like I'd be watching and like sobbing at my girlfriend walk by me, just kind of shaking her head. It's <laughs> like, no, 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 no. You guys, I cried when I watched the Disneyland castle get lit up for the first time in a year this morning. So I feel like you're allowed oh. to cry about whatever you want during right. the pandemic. And also in real life, it's hard. We're in bad times, so... <laughs> Yeah, movies, television, that's where I let, you know, let it out. I'm sure I cried during Sada and Whitney's wedding. And this was the series finale. Oh, I was thinking of the end of That makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. It was like, here's your fairy tale. That's nice. I I wonder. (laughs) That's nice. Um, (laughs) I will say. Oh, go go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. 
I was just saying of update, you know, don't be too sad. I think their divorce was amicable because they, Whitney had a kid on her own. Yeah. Oh, wow. <gasps> yeah so after, after or during? After. Because Sada oh, got yeah. married to like a very Travis Barker-esque man. Or mm. not even, I would say maybe even more Bieber. Just like tatted LA like photographer type. Okay. And like had a baby and then, and uh, Whitney is so reposting being, or like commenting being so like, you know, got to meet Sada's beautiful baby. Interesting. And then Whitney, and then Whitney had a baby on her own this year. Wow. I want to find, wait, I'm going to go to her gram. Excuse me, putting on my phone. I want to see what the name is because I'm sure it's hilarious i was also wondering if they got married on the show after doma was overturned and it was one year before which is so like uh, it just makes me kind of like sad that that mm-hmm. was the case it would have been how serendipitous would it be if it's like our fucking country got its shit together on the se- series finale of the real l word you know <laughs> like yeah that would have been yeah. very cool but um yeah. It also makes me curious why the show, it seemed, I mean, clearly I'm so obsessed with it, uh, like it was really getting into the groove. And so to end after a third season, I wonder how much that had to do with the cast or if Whitney and Sara decided to not do it anymore after getting married because they were really the staples, I think. Right. I think the three of them, including Romy, because I think those three, maybe one or two more, were the only ones in every season. Yeah. So it could have just been like, listen, we're pulling out so they could have stopped the show. But I am low-key mad because I mm. wish there was 12 seasons. No, same. I'm like, why didn't we just kind of, because they, obviously they were bringing in new cast members. I just, yeah. why didn't we just shuffle in a full new cast? Mm-hmm. And I'm curious. Okay, so the child's name, I do believe if I'm seeing this right, is Mecca. Great. Okay. <laughs> um, yep. Great. Hot, yeah, Mecca. M-E-C-C-A. Like, you know. Oh, good. Two Cs. Yeah. Yeah. Mecca. Mecca. Well, good for you, Whitney. I think that's such a... Yeah, I think it's just... She is such a fascinating figure to me now and everything that I'm learning about reality TV shows through this podcast because she is like the ultimate fuck woman. She's the ultimate fuck girl. (laughs) And I didn't know I needed that energy in my life, but I do. And it's uh, it's just the coolest. And all the all of the feelings it was like stirring up inside. Obviously, I had so much more empathy for her <laughs> when she was fucking with people's lives than I do for just like a shithead guy. Right. It's, it's it's like that's something I have to look at myself and be like, you gotta. That's, no, you gotta we've talk talked about, about this, that. Taylor, before. Where I, I think I texted you one time where I'm like, literally, when women do anything, I'm like, yes, hell yes. Like there's there was a headline that's like. And the first, like, woman to ever serial murder, like, ten people. And I'm like, yeah, girl! Like, they, like do yes, it. You know? So, I think it's allowed. You know? We've all been through enough. Thank you. Fuck women. Yeah, it's true. Fuck girls. You go get it. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> no, I mean, the, who that moment, who can say no to the dropping off and picking up, just circling around LAX so like cool. that? Yes. That's, that's mecca. Un- Look, Real. nobody wants to go to LAX twice. Let me tell you. It's right. So like economical. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for bringing this show into our lives. I'm very I hope that we also inspire other people to watch it. Um, and can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast before you go? It sounds so fucking I, funny. I would love to. Um, and also, I'm so I, you know, I hope we we just I'm here to inspire. Um <laughs> Hope people get inspired to watch this. And I'm, I've, we've, in, we've just inspired me to go back and rewatch. I'm just like, well, now I have yeah. to and figure out the Showtime issue. Um, my podcast is Celebrity Book Club, and me and my friend Stephen Phillips Horse, we read a different celebrity memoir each week, and then we talk about it and go on long tangents about our lives, and then somehow <laughs> return to the book and um, discuss it so you know we just read hunter biden we've done Dem- we've done demi moore we did teresa caputo just long island medium that's another reality show i i love you also just did barbara corcoran who is my yes. favorite shark on oh. shark tank and so i'm really stoked to listen to that after this i'm like very into it <laughs> oh yeah no so we you'll hear yeah we on barbara we went to we tried to go see her live 
and ah! Steve, Steven succeeded. I didn't. You'll you'll have to listen to the app. But yeah, Shark For Tank, sure. another another amazing another amazing show. So, <laughs> and you know, and you then can, can people listen to Celebrity Book Club wherever? You know, we're all podcasts are sold. Absolutely, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the works, and you can follow us on Twitter at CBC the Pod, and also same goddamn thing on Instagram at CBC the Pod. And if I may plug my own personal, deeply personal Instagram is Lily Blue Ooh. Eyes. Ooh, Ooh, I like that. Personal. I love that. That's such a good handle. Wow. Everyone go follow Lily Blue Eyes. Uh, well, this was so much fucking fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and I really, I got to go and watch Firefly Lane now. So. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me on. <laughs>